Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the opportunity to be here today. And as we continue our study on rags and riches, be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Many years ago, there was an individual by the name of Daryl Dore. I don't know where this took place, but what I do know was, is that he was on a rig out in the middle of the ocean, uh, particularly the Gulf. Actually, he was in the Gulf of Mexico. And suddenly, the rig started to wobble, left and right, left and right. He was inside the rig, in the middle of the rig. He couldn't just run out. And as the rig was swaying, eventually it gave way and it fell over into the water. Well, being that the water is there, guess what happens? The rig enters the water and he is flummoxed. The rig sinks deeper and deeper and deeper into the water. All of the lights go out into the room that Daryl was trapped in, then begins to fill with water. And as he's thrashing in the darkness, in the cold water, he realizes there's this little bubble in the corner, a huge air bubble, and he makes his way over, hoping and praying that somebody would eventually find him. And so for hours... He's praying, did a lot of prayer. And eventually, as the minutes and the hours ticked by, he could see a little light shimmering in the darkness. He squinted again. That can't be. Is it possible? And lo and behold, the light got bigger and bigger and bigger and grew brighter. No, he wasn't hallucinating. The light was real. It was attached to a head with a mask and a breather. A diver had come down to rescue him. And his long nightmare was over. Amen? How many of you have been freaking out by then? I would be. Let's go to the Bible. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6. We're going to continue. And I left some other verses. They should be on your handout as well. I'm not going to be able to get to all of them, but this is just kind of for your reference. But Matthew chapter 6, verses 23 through 24. All right. We all there? Okay. The eye is the what? The lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body, excuse me, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So Jesus, halfway through the Sermon on the Mount, starts to share a parable. The eye is lamp. Eye meaning what you see is the lamp. And the lamp signifies light. Obviously, when it's dark, you want to have light. Otherwise, you can't drive. Have you tried to drive without light in the darkness? 
If it's got a really bright moon, you might be able to get away with it. I'm not saying I'm speaking from experience. But it's scary, especially on a windy road. Or if you're walking along a trail, you want light, you don't want to hit your head on a tree branch. Or you don't want to step on something that could hurt you. And then Jesus then goes and says, no one can serve two what? Masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Other versions, it says mammon. Now, it might seem at first glance that these passages don't go together, but I assure you, they, they will match. Growing up, did you ever feel like you had to have a little knight by the side in case the boogeyman tries to come out? All right. I remember uh, we were living in um, this little town called Claremont, not, not Upland Claremont, but San Diego Claremont. Funny enough, I, I found the house that I used to live in a couple of years ago. It was a way lot smaller than I had remembered it to be. But I remember, you know, sleeping in my bedroom and I had this closet in the corner that I, I thought like monsters literally would come out because, you know, I was a child. I was just a couple of years old. And so I asked my mom, mom, please, can I just have a little wall light that you can put up? She would turn the light on. Now, as an adult, I need complete darkness <laughs> to be able to sleep. If, I, if, I, if the light's turned on, somehow my body senses it and I don't get the best sleep. But growing up, we wanted this, this symbol of comfort, of hope that it's okay, it's going to be all right. Light helps us make us feel confident. Without light, we have darkness. Light helps us to shed light on the path on where we should head. And oftentimes, you know, sometimes when we feel the most fearful, when do you think that tends to be? At night. Particularly, have you ever woken up in the middle of the night, maybe around 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning? You sometimes feel that panic inside. I've learned a while ago, never make decisions when you're scared, obviously, but also don't make big decisions in the middle of the night. <laughs> Wait until morning when you've had some rest. Now, one of the questions that we're going to ask today, is God always first in our life? Last week, we asked the question of where do your treasures lie? Are you building treasures here on earth or are you building eternal treasures? And so this week, uh, we're going to work on you know, asking ourselves, where does our true ultimate loyalty lie? Okay, so big question, where is your loyalty? Now, oftentimes we'll probably say, well, it's to my spouse, it's to my children, it's to my parents, it's to my best friends. We, uh, we show our loyalty in some other areas. For instance, we, share, we show our loyalty by the brands that we may wear. Nike, Jordans, Reebok, Adidas, Five Guys, Whataburger, In-N-Out, or Shake Shack. Duracell or Energizer, uh, Coke versus Pepsi, Ford versus Chevy, yet somehow Ram or Dodge just sneaks through the middle and does quite well. If you're in a Formula One, Hamilton versus Verstappen, Mercedes, Red Bull versus Ferrari, personally I'm a, a big Checo fan, 
Ronaldo versus Messi, Lakers, Celtics. Anybody prior being born to 2000 will love, uh, you know, maybe the 60s, 70s, 80s, and today everything just is lame, right? I'm really becoming like, I'm not old, old, but I don't like today's music anymore. It's because it has no soul in it. Sorry. I was, mm, mm. Billy Corgan, lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins, was talking to, I don't know, he was on a podcast. And he relayed this idea that nowadays with AI, a 15-year-old can go on AI and ask, write a song. It could be a decent song, but you know what it doesn't have? It doesn't have soul. It doesn't have depth. It doesn't have meaning. When you, think, uh, when you hear Adele, you hear the passion, the pain, the angst in her music. Um, pick any songwriter that has experienced and lived these songs and written them down. It has soul. And you gravitate to those people because you know that what they're saying, they're being honest, they're being true. They've lived that experience and we can identify with that experience, whether it's happiness, sadness, joy, regret, frustration, anger. You know, there's also the great debate, which is better, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Um, or if you're younger, an Xbox versus PS5. Back in the day, it was Nintendo versus Sega. How many of you remember Sega? Sonic the Hedgehog? And probably the immortal battle that will last for many, many years, or maybe eons, is iOS versus Android. <laughs> Gustavo, why do you have to make my life difficult when it's a green bubble? I can't just send you a PDF. Now, we tend to believe, we tend to be rabid fans of our loyalties and we'll sometimes defend them with great honor, right? Sports teams. Do the Raiders love their team? Yeah, they do. They will fight you for it, literally, in the stadium. Soccer fans or football, do they love their team? They're ready to go to war. Do you remember in the 80s, I think even the 70s, the, the, what was known as the hooligans? They will go out and they will literally, I think they were more wanting to just actually fight than actually go to the game. And soccer had a bad image and they had to tame it down. But their loyalty was to their fan base. Another example of, of loyalty, uh, Bobby the Terrier, a story of loyalty. Uh, Dick and Ruth Froth uh, wrote a book called, um, what was it called? Uh, or it was basically about devotion and, and loyalty. And in the town of Edinburgh, Scotland, in 1850, there was a man uh, by the name of, oh, what was his name? John Gray, who was a gardener. And he went to Edinburgh hoping to find work. But there was no gardens to tend, so he became a police officer. And his regular shift was in the night, where he was a night watchman. And so he would patrol and go around. Eventually, he realized, kind of lonely being by myself. So he adopted a Sky Terrier by the name of Bobby. And for several years, Bobby followed John everywhere they went. Now, unfortunately, um, I believe it was in the, the winter, uh, I think was it, uh, when, when was it? Winter of 1858, Bobby contracted tuberculosis, passed away. What a 
sorry, John, John passed away. And what became of Bobby? Bobby would not leave his memorial, his grave. And so every day he would sit and watch his grave. Now, the caretaker to the cemetery would try to shoo off Bobby and he'd always come back. He'd try to get rid of him. He'd always come back. Finally, the city council decided, you know, all, all unlicensed dogs are to be disposed of. And yet, uh, was it Mr. Chambers, William Chambers, who was the provost, personally went and got a license for Bobby. And he was cared for. In fact, the caretaker had a change of heart and built a little shelter for him right next to John's grave. And for over 14 years, Bobby stood and watched over John's grave. Can you imagine the loyalty? 14, sorry, six, uh, yeah. At 16 years, he finally passed away. But 14 years, he watched John's grave. Sometimes the question that pops up in my mind is, am I just as loyal, am I uh, loyal to God or more loyal to God than all the other things in my life. To be honest, I sometimes don't want to ask that, answer that question because I think, to be honest, there are things that get into my life that it sometimes distracts me from my loyalty to God. In fact, I, I tried to look up the statistics and I got all kinds of different uh, numbers, but the average, do you know how many hours people spend on their cell phone a day? Seven. Roughly average is seven. You know, some others said 11 or 12, but seven hours is the average that adults, not kids, adults. Although I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I hope that counts. Where you tend to focus and devote your time says a lot about who you are. Work, family, church. Jesus also says having two masters will also cause burnout and resentment. Anybody, have you ever worked for more than one job, two, three jobs? And sometimes one boss will want you more. The other will want you also. And they're constantly fighting for your time. Or maybe you just don't like either one and you just have to work. And you just put the time in, right? Yet priorities. Where do we place our priorities. You can't have both. You can't have both God and the world because eventually it will burn you out. You will become exhausted and not just resent, you will despise one or the other. So, moving forward, give your time to the Lord. Be faithful. Otherwise, if you try to have both, it's going to be a headache. You know, I have, I have friends who are both nurses, firefighters, med techs. They tend to double up because they have free time. They can work their schedules, especially if they work per diem. Some of them love their job. They really do. But eventually, they've just become so burnt out because really, in many ways, we sometimes say thank you, but how often does that thank, thank you Go. How often do we say it? Firefighters. We love firefighters because they save lives. Nurses, they save lives. But if they're not going to feel appreciated, 
To be honest, don't we all want to be appreciated? Just a simple thank you is enough. Now, the reflection I want uh, you to think of, too, this idea. Does the idea of serving two masters apply to those who are financially well-off, who have time to think about serving? Truth is, no. We all are in the same predicament. Where we spend our time, what we focus on matters. Caring for our families, of course, working, but ultimately to God. Anything else after that, I think, is 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 gravy. Amen? The other, those first three, well, actually, your family and God is the most important. And your job is also important because you want to be able to eat, right? But take time and prioritize. The decisions, again, that I said last week matter as you move forward. It reflects who you are. Am I going to build treasures up here on earth that will eventually be destroyed? Or am I thinking eternally? Am I building relationships with my family, my neighbor, my boss, the cranky postal worker, the, the clerk at Ralph's, the unthanked librarian? Many people do a service and they never get thanked. One of the things that we can do, you know how we can serve the kingdom? Go and say thank you. It's not that hard. And be a blessing and love well. One of the opportunities that you can show your loyalty as well is to faithfully serve the Lord. And so as we're going to exit, by the way, team leaders and deacons, as soon as we're done, make your way outside. But we want to give you an opportunity to be able to find an opportunity to serve here at this church. Okay? So all of our, our ministries, our leaders or uh, individuals we've asked to also substitute are going to be outside here. We have ministries in terms of our audiovisual, our music, our deacons, and uh, our, our, as Annette said, we need help in Sabbath school, right? Many, uh, many areas of ministry that you can serve and be faithful to God. And if we don't have a ministry that you're passionate about or thinking about, then please come see me, uh, whether it's today or later, and let's have an opportunity to be able to discuss. Because as I said, the first day that I was here, I want to educate, equip, and empower you for ministry. Amen? All right. Now, to move forward. Today... Discuss with your family, and if you don't have family local, with a friend, how you can better serve God as a loyal follower and go do it. As you see with your eye, may God shed light in your life that you may see and may you say, Lord, here am I, send me. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives. And as we move forward, Lord, opportunities to serve are abundant. Lord, we pray that you will help each of us to know where uh, our calling is. Lord, if there's something that you desire, an area for us to serve, help us to see that. And Lord, if there isn't yet, let's talk about it, Lord, and be able to find a niche opportunity. And may we, Lord, go out with love and empathy, just as you did, but also with courage. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Grace and peace.